Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that people like to call TGIT. Okay, I like to call it TGIT too, because it's easier than saying the whole thing of all the names of stuff. But it is the official podcast. I'm getting off topic like I always do. And we are here to talk about episode 214, but it's the penultimate episode of one of my favorite shows, How to Get Away with Murder, because come on, you guys, this shows crazy balls this this season. I mean, it's crazy. And one of my favorite people's here too, who I am so grateful has come in on a day off to join me and keep me company. And that is the amazing Jack Fallahy, who of course plays Connor. Hey, Betsy. Hey, Jack <laughs> Fallahy, who plays Connor. Hey, thanks how's, for having me. How's, uh, how's your day off going? My day off is going swell. I had a really <laughs> tasty date shake earlier. Did you have a date shake? Yep. It was really good. I love me a date shake. Yeah, I love me say. a date shake. And then right after enjoying the date shake, I watched this episode of How to Go With Murder. See? Which so, was rad. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Are you sort of like me and you can't kind of believe how much story they cram in every single one of these episodes? Yeah, I mean, it's insane. We have like 60-something page episodes and I'm surprised we get it all in, but we do. You in like do. 42 minutes. You do, but you guys work very hard shooting sure. this stuff. Well, and you shoot it, takes, for like, it takes a village, but it yeah. T- it takes very like 300 days to shoot. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, like 11, I think. So, sometimes it's 11. But also 300. Um, but if anybody from ABC is listening, oh, it's always like 8 or 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, 8 or 9. It's probably 8 or 9. Never And then over. sometimes, mysteriously, another couple sure. of days appear, sure, sure, sure. which is like kind of amazing. But rarely. But rarely. This episode is like, okay, there's so much stuff going on. So you guys, by the end of it, are essentially trapped in Annalise's apartment. And right. Philip is on the loose. We find out all about the backstory of Annalise and her baby, which is super heart-wrenching. We have all this stuff going down with Frank, which is, I can hardly wait to see more about that. What we find out about Wes and his dad. And then in the meantime, you guys are dealing with... So much. I mean, it's like so much. And then you guys are being interrogated. Right. Which is crazy balls. And by the way, you handled it very well, I might ask. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's... There's so much going on. I think that for Connor, for me, the biggest thing is immunity being put onto the table for, you know, everything else um, outside of just the one night that we've been covering up. I mean, he... Connor's terrified. We're all terrified. And they all, you know, everyone gets hammered at the end of the episode because they just don't know how to deal with it. There's, a, there's an odd hookup, I would say. There's a very odd hookup that uh, none of us saw coming. None of, no, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> so when we read I, that on the The first time was page, the table read. I was like, yeah, 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 same. Who's doing what? Same, yeah. I, I think I might have been the first person in the cast well, amongst the Keating Five to actually like read the episode. Just cause, were you really? Yeah, I think they were all on, <laughs> on set working and I had some, some downtime. So I went through and read it and sort of texted them. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> It was very childish, but but yeah, I mean, that came out of nowhere. I also really liked in this episode that it's sort of, Bonnie has this great line where she says, you know, Connor's tripping out about Oliver coming and maybe it all being exposed yeah, yeah, to like yeah. what's going on. And uh, Asher's sort of apologizing about creating this whole dilemma. He does dilemma. that weird sort of like, yeah, this like 12 step moment. Yeah, apologizing, it's super and awkward. Yeah. And Bonnie stops him and she says something like, she's like, we're all, stop apologizing, we're all bad people, that's the only thing we have in common. And I was like, that's sort of a great, like, logline for the characters on the show. I think and that's like, a good cocktail napkin. Yeah, it's a good cocktail napkin for sure. Yeah. That's hysterical. It's good. Yeah, I'm super interested right now, too, in the dynamic with Oliver because... Yeah. 
he's getting he's getting more and more enamored of the situation from what I can tell. Right. And he's kind of he's not a bad person and that's why I no, found No, which we this... found I mean he totally freaked out at the idea that Totally. And I think that that makes me really nervous about the Colliver relationship to an extent because I don't know, can you be with a bad person if you're such a good person or like does it work because you're sort of yin and yang or like <laughs> is you know is Oliver going to find out and bounce? I don't know. I mean I, and I it's know. and it's it's rattling Connor so much you you know that I mean that's the whole genesis of applying to Stanford and like no. trying to get out of Dodge. It totally totally makes sense. I also sort of feel like I think one of the best things about the hookup between Michaela and Asher, of course, is that maybe Asher will get off your sofa. Yeah, that would be great. I really I've been feeling for your relationship for a while yeah, because yeah. I feel like it has taken its toll, man. Definitely not pleased. It's it's been getting in the way for sure. And I think it's the only time I've actually ever seen Oliver get kind of pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Well, people were insulting his records a while back, which I think was really a problem. Right, he only had gay records. He only had gay records, right, as right, I remember, right. That's what which says. was super, super, super problematic. Yep. And this whole weird thing with, like, Michaela and Caleb, I also... She's in a weird state. We don't know where he is. Yeah. Also, I kind of like the uh, Michaela Asher hookup because Asher's such a good guy. I mean, he has like he his, really is. He has like a few pro like you know problems, but but he's a really good guy. Whereas like Michaela keeps like ending up with these like characteristically terrible guys potentially. Like I like Michaela with Asher. What, what is it going to be, Masher instead of Bosher or? Mm, Asher. And is this the episode where it's Oliver who says floral? Yeah, Oliver says floral is like the most, the it's cutest. The, it's, it's the cutest, the, most right. romantic name, which I thought was one of the funniest things, because of course he does. Yeah. And meanwhile, that relationship's totally imploded. I don't think it made the final cut of the episode, but I like intentionally when he says floral, I like look over and roll my eyes at him. I, know. <laughs> I don't think it made the cut. But. I'm going to tell you. The spirit of it was yeah, there. Yeah, I really like the idea that Connor's sort of like gags when Oliver says that. I really like also, I do like it when Laurel sort of tests the waters with Oliver. And then that scene with the yeah, two of you guys yeah, in the kitchen, which is like, what the hell are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I really like that Laurel is, and Carla does so well with it, but that Laurel is like, has a lot of agency in this. I mean, she has really in this does. season, but that she is like really leading the Keating Five in a big way. And like, even at the end, she like comes to Annalise drunk and is like, you screwed us. And like, you've been behind this. And I don't know, I really like her being like super active and like, you know, getting on Connor's case about this and sort of totally. keeping him in line. No, I think that was really cool. And then I liked the follow-up scene at the bar. Laurel does seem to sort of be at the heart of everything right now. Like she's taking care yeah. of Wes, she's taking her Annalise. She's and she's keeping Connor in line. She's keeping Connor in line. Totally. Michaela just keeps kind of going off into strange territories. So right. that's what she's doing. Now, how would you describe your character from the pilot until now? Because it feels like you've gone through a lot of transition and transformation. I don't know, I sort of feel like by now, Connor's a lot more tolerant of a lot of stuff than he would have been. Yeah, I agree. I think he's tolerant, but it's sort of out of survival that he's kind of in Annalise's clutches now. And he's become complacent in a way, you know? He, he, he knows that he, unlike Laurel, who's like being like an agent of free will, Connor in a lot of ways is kind of given up, I think. Except for, I look at it as like this last ditch effort to get out from underneath Annalise by applying to Stanford. And like he also is in love with Oliver. That in a big way is keeping him in the scene. You know, yeah, like, I totally agree. With I you. like, I like, always think like, why doesn't Connor leave? Like Stanford aside, like why doesn't Connor just leave Philadelphia? And it's because Oliver's there. 
And like Oliver doesn't know. And so I think that like this Stanford thing gives Connor like an alibi in getting at, like in removing himself from his yeah. life with Oliver. I think that's really true. And I think that's the biggest probably transformation of Connor is that essentially in the beginning of the show, I never would have thought that he was somebody who could have actually fallen in love. And yeah, huge. You mean. go through this, like this season and this whole season's pretty much been about solidifying that relationship right. with Oliver in a way. Right, and totally. Look, I mean, the fan base, did you ever think you would have a massive fan base? No, based on, I didn't. It's like, crazy. They're great. They're great. They're just yeah. like, are so rabid about the storyline. It's yeah. hysterical. Yeah. That, I mean, it's great and it's terrific, but it's always amazing that this stuff sort of starts and you never know exactly what people are going to pick up on, but I think you guys have great chemistry and it's always really fun to watch you together. Yeah, so. I mean, it's great. Conrad's just so amazing, too. Oh my God, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. But it's, fu- it's funny. The fan base is just, I spend a lot of time creeping on reddit and imager and and Uh tumblr and tumblr especially just like i opened it one day and was like whoa we're just colliver's just all over it really yeah it's it's crazy but the the fans yeah they're awesome it's cool the old days i think i was talking to ellen pompeo about this but like the old days when we first started grays there were no real social media platforms so that when people were fans you would get colored pencil drawings in the mail Oh, amazing. So we'd get like, and we still, if you go to the Grey's Anatomy bungalow, we still have this one, I think, up someplace, which was people who loved Derek and Addison. And it was a drawing of Derek and Addison. And it said Derek and Addison, or like a Daddison forever. That's hilarious. I was in a study group in high school the first year of Grey's. Were and you really? We would like study for our exams and everything in our classes. And then at the end of it, it was all girls because they were all smarter than me. And... <laughs> So then after that, I was like, well, I want to hang out with the girls. So we would watch Grey's. And uh, so I got like, I was like really into Grey's for the first, the first season. I, I so I like, might have been one of those people drawing you, you might the only color pencil those drawings and sending them to Ellen. You know, there was, I think, I can't remember if it was Esquire magazine or it was some men's magazine. And they, it was like second season. They said the easiest way to pick up a woman is to say that you watch Grey's Anatomy. I mean, yeah. At a bar and it would always work. And I, yeah. And if you could suffer through watching it, you would probably get laid. So there was a like massive sort of thing that, with my male that friends. That and The Bachelor. And the Bachelor's yeah, the one. For sure. The Bachelor's totally like. What are those viewing parties? I it, hear they, I mean, you know. It is total, total like catnip. I got to find a Bachelor viewing party. You said. <laughs> You're, okay, be, you guys, be right back. Somebody out there has got a bachelor party viewing viewing yeah. party that I think we can invite Jack Valley to. Something to we need to talk to ABC about that. Yeah, sure. Maybe we should they have hook a it up. Post, yeah. we, they need to hook this up. Like they should be doing something, right? I read that Allison Williams met her husband at a bachelor viewing party. Is that true? Yes, it's true. It's a fact. They met at a bachelor viewing party and then they later became married. Thank you, ABC. Thank you. Thank you, ABC. Bachelor. Thank you, Bachelor. Thank yeah. you, Rose. Ceremony. I would love to meet Allison Williams. At, anyway. And you know, I know. Like now, you just kind of want right. to. You just want to ask. Um, are you up? for answering some fan-related questions oh, cool. or yeah. fan questions from your rabid fans. <laughs> sure. Okay, one of my favorite people ever, Gabrielle Marie at Gabs Gabs, wants to know, how do you prepare for emotionally heavy scenes? Uh, it can get pretty dark because we deal with some pretty dark Yeah, you guys material. drive down really dark turnpikes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Pete like, and all of our fantastic writers just keep writing it, like every episode. So we keep being thrown into these dark places, but it's good. It's part of the job. I use a lot of music. I have a playlist on my Spotify that is called Jack's Emotional Prep. And I actually realized... You really, you really call it that? Yeah. That's cool. It's got a bunch of different stuff on it and songs that, like, you know, act as triggers, sort of. But I actually realized that up until recently, Spotify is like a social platform. And up until recently, my emotional prep playlist 
was public to all of my friends on Spotify. And so my like friends and family were basically just going through my emotional prep playlist and finding like real <laughs> embarrassing stuff. Yeah. Oh my but God. I, I've since made it private. Short That's answer, music. George um, at iBeeb team. I can't imagine what iBeeb, I know what iBeeb team is, you guys. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about the How to Get Away with Murder cast? That we are real life best friends off screen. You guys are. Um, which I think is atypical. I think that in Hollywood, sometimes you can maybe not be best friends with your coworkers, but our cast really gets along. Which your is cast great. really does. You guys actually do hang out. They really do, you guys. Yeah, it's we really do. It's not that. staged. Although and sometimes you know it does look staged. It does look a little staged. Like, did they doesn't. really go skiing together? Like, yeah, we actually went skiing together. It was great. They, and this, truthfully, this started in the pilot because you guys all were like hanging out in well, the pilot. Well, you guys, Betsy and, and Shonda and Pete were so great about, that was smart to send us there. So for people that don't know, we were sent to Philadelphia a week before starting to shoot so that we could all hang out and get to know each other, which was smart because- And then Viola came in really late, which was actually a very- Which was perfect, which was perfect kind of. perfect because yeah. it was, she was kind of scary. She was in like it being Viola Davis and then you meet her and she's, she's like, like the downest, Viola chillest. Davis, she's yeah. great, exactly. Right, exactly. Because I, I spent a lot of time with poor Viola watching her put on costumes, which I don't think was her idea of. <laughs> The best first meetings ever, sure, but I'd sure, be like, yeah, sure. I like that peplum, Viola. That looks really good. Yeah, you look great. Okay, so now if you could have dinner with four people, dead or alive, who would you choose? And this is from Kim at Scandal Fan. I mean, my mom and dad, probably, just because they'd be upset if I didn't invite them. <laughs> um, actually, really, my, I very surprisingly, as a 27-year-old man, have all four of my grandparents still alive. Really? Yeah, and any opportunity I get to be in the same room as all four of them is is a blessing. So I would say my four grandparents. You guys, listen to that. Okay, so like, <laughs> that is the sweetest right, answer right, ever. Right. He yeah. could have actually said, oh, I don't know. Ernest Hemingway, I don't know. Or like, Kurt Cobain. You picked your family, which is like the nicest answer ever. Now Sorry, I just, Grandma. I just want to I'm hug gonna get you. Dinner See? with Kurt Cobain instead. See, now he's trading out. I should never have mentioned yeah. Kurt, dead Kurt Cobain. Okay, so do you have any weird audition stories? This is from D at Tree Hill Thrill. I, um, when I was still in college, I was dating someone that lived out here whose parents ran a production company and someone at that production company who was working in casting, you know, knew I was an a, a young actor and like, I'd love to send you out on an audition. And I was like, great. And it was for the invisible man. And I, <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm going to go. And I, and I went out to wherever and I get there and I'm like, this looks a little sketchy. And I go in to audition for the invisible man. And halfway through the audition, they asked me to uh, take my shirt off and i was like wait a tick turns <laughs> a out tick. the casting director had at the production company had mixed up productions of the invisible man and there was simultaneously a movie being cast and a pornographic film being cast <laughs> and i went to the casting of the pornographic film you know so my first audition in hollywood was for, for a porno. porno that's and great i don't think my mom knows that story so i'm sorry mom but he he didn't get the part in i didn't get the part he didn't take the part see yeah. so i think there's such a happy ending to that but that's actually one of the best bad audition stories i've ever heard i think yeah. that's pretty good okay monica joy at monica joy wants to know how would your friends describe you in three words oh man i don't know probably difficult <laughs> um stubborn um handsome yeah there you go handsome <laughs> She also asked, um, so untrue. who would you want to play you in a movie? Who would I want to play? I mean, me, probably. Yeah, who would, if someone's in the Jack Fallahy story, who would play you? 
if I was if I was unavailable. If you were um, unavailable to play yourself. Maybe I'm directing it. In um, the VH1 TV movie. My okay. brother's kind of a dead ringer for me. I'd be interested to see what his take would be on Jack. Or, I don't know, like Ezra Miller. I think Ezra Miller would be. That's a good one. Yeah. He's like just weird enough. That's a good one. He, I think he'd handle that porn audition really well. Yeah, he would crush I that scene. I think he would totally, totally. He would crush that <laughs> he'd scene. totally, totally crush that totally. scene. I just remember when I first met you, like, you just moved here. There was yeah. some years. I remember you talking about where you were living and all this stuff and that you just kind of gotten here because we called you in and you like had just moved here. Yeah, and I had, I don't know if you, because I was so nervous, you know, like I'm always like schwitzing and just like so anxious. And I remember walking into the screen test for murder with you and Pete and I'd gotten into a car accident and was like kind of late. And you then like totally put me at ease because you were like, oh yeah, like driving, like da 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 It's the worst. And like we got into this whole funny like back and forth and I remember sitting there being like, am I gonna audition or am I just gonna talk to Betsy for? Fine with me. Yeah. That's how this podcast came around. Yeah, exactly. It keeps me from talking to the actors in the auditions all the time, I think. It's like, I think you guys actually get to work. So, you know, it's like one of my, it's, and I know I said this to you before you guys were listening, but his audition was one of my favorite auditions in the history of auditions that I've been doing for like 13 years. Because he came came in and we could not find anybody to play this freaking part like there are a lot of talented actors there, but there. But Pete was looking for this really specific thing, and Jack came in, and I've never seen relief flood over Pete Nowak's face in such a great magnitude wow. in my life. Because he was, you walked in, you walked out, and you had audition, you had a test deal going for another show at the same another time. Another show, yeah. And talking about schwitzing ourselves, like I we was, were just vomiting on ourselves, I thinking was, we weren't going to get you. I was vomiting as well everywhere because <laughs> I so wanted to do murder, but. I thought that I was gonna have to maybe go do the other show. I was freaking out. Well, I, it was a really stressful. Whatever show that was, somewhere, someplace, they're kicking themselves that you didn't end up doing their show. You guys are stuck with me. Oh, thank God for that. I would, on that note though, I would love to see someday a uh, a reel of the Keating Fives audition. That's a really good idea. Do like season eight special feature on the DVD. Jack Fallahey, producer. That's a really good idea. I remember Frank's audition was quite something too. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man, I'd love to see. Super that. good. Oh, Oh, Super good. Thank you so much for doing yeah, this and coming in. Me. And rad. by the way, just so you guys, uh, I know you guys want to know, Jack is wearing a super cool t-shirt today. It's um, of a phenomenal band, yeah, the name of rad. which is Thunder Pussy. Yeah, four girls out in Seattle. Awesome. And yeah. some cool green... They're like fet- denim. Yeah, they're like denim. They're like denim, but they're like kind of a smooth denim. And yeah, they're, they're like kind of suede They're, they're suede They look like they're suede, but they're denim. And some black yeah. sneaks. Sort they're of. like grandpa shoes. They're like kind of like grandpa our, shoes. Our war- DSR, our wardrobe gal, she says I'm the only person in Hollywood that can pull off stylish grandpa shoes. It's true. And as I think you all know in real life, Jack is indeed quite a clothes horse. That was one of the first things we noticed about Jack when he walked in was that his outfit was a lot better than any of ours. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks. And next time on Grey's Anatomy, I gotta tell you guys, Rita Moreno's on Grey's Anatomy next time. Rita Moreno, one of the greatest actresses of, like, certainly my lifetime, and who's super funny and amazing and talented and great. And Casey Wilson, also phenomenal. Kevin McKidd directs it. You don't want to miss this. This is Thursday, March 17th at 8 o'clock ABC on Scandal. The episode's called I See You. And I don't know, this whole Olivia Jake thing is heating up. You got you got all this presidential primary who's running thing going on. It's super, super good. And the emotional stuff's really heating up, you guys. So don't miss that episode. It's Thursday, March 17th at 9 o'clock. And on How to Get Away with Murder. It's the last episode of the season, you guys. Like, stay home. Have a beverage. Eat some food. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss this episode. You do not want to miss this episode because it is incredibly shocking and surprising. And you are going to see something that you will not, you'll see many things you will not believe. You're going to learn a lot about a lot. 
So it's really important that you finish out and see this episode. It's going to be great. It's called Anime, which should tell you a little bit of something. It is going to air Thursday, March 17th as well at 10 o'clock on ABC. And thanks again, EW.com, for posting an exclusive first listen of the podcast every Thursday night. And as you know by now, you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. I will be back next week with another fabulous guest to talk about a fabulous episode of fine television programming. Until then, this is Betsy Beers. Stay safe. We'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.